Greetings, you cheese wagons. It's Monday. What day are we? What is this day? Oh, yeah, 29th. The 29th. March is already over. Well, hey, guess what, people? Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Time's going to fly by either way. But listen, we've got things to look forward to, especially the show that I got today. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. One of my best friends of all time, one of the most talented musicians to ever come out of the greater Worcester Palmer, uh, Wilbraham area, right around there. His band, Lost in Transit, has made leaps and bounds above many, many others and have continued to stand the test of time. And uh, we've used to play together a lot. We did a lot of shows. It seems like we were inseparable. And I'm so happy to have him back on the show. My good friend, Mr. Dustin Smith. All right, let's do this. Why are you laughing? You have any tokens for the machine down the street? Welcome to the Why Are You Laughing Podcast! <laughs> yeah, man. Sunday. March 28th, Dusty Smith from Lost in Transit, and me, I your boy, the OG Clappinator. Little muse for you on a Sunday night. Hey! Beep, 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 beep. What's up? Welcome back to the Why Are You Laughing podcast. Here we are again. Uh, obviously, you know why you're here. I have uh, sculpted this podcast to make everybody feel loved and appreciated. And yes, we are here again on a Sunday. I don't do Sunday podcasts often, but when I do, it's with my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Dusty Smith. What's up, brother? Not too much. What's popping? You're looking good. Here. You're feeling good. What's going on? Talk Thank to me. You. Uh, yeah, I I do feel like I look good and <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> good, good, man. Yeah, man. Hey, yeah. listen, it's it's been a while since you've been on the show. We've made some adjustments. We have different things going on. We have better quality. We have better music. We have better. Uh, persona, we have better joie de vivre, you know what I'm saying? We're all back. We're, we're here. We're ready to go. <laughs> I have things more structured now, ladies and gentlemen. I am not messing around. Alrighty. Alright. Anyway, so yeah, we, uh, anyway, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm sorry that it took me such a long time to get the show out. What happened to me is this. Let me explain to you the turmoil that I go through as a human being. Monday approaches, I get excited for the week to start and for the week to be over. You know, things happen, I get to go to work, I get to see some people that I know, my goombas, my friends, you know, whatever, I chit-chat, I go back and forth, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And then it gets to the point where the podcast is supposed to begin and then people leave me. You know, I'm not upset. I don't. I don't. I don't hold anything to anybody. I don't hold anybody to the fire. But it does hurt me. But then. Amazing things happen, happen like my friend Mr. Dustin Smith come in, comes in to save this show 
uh, <laughs> and to be uh, to be a part of this podcast. And so I just want to thank him from the bottom of my heart yet again for uh, coming in in the clutch and being a great friend and a great mentor and a big brother to me. And uh, always nice to have you on the program, my friend. Absolutely, man. I, I turned down like five invitations and I canceled the party that was going to be at my house tonight and uh, came into my office and turned the computer on. Are you serious? You turned down a few invitations? About five, to be exact. Five? Are, is that a joke or are you messing with me? You've talked no, to it's me. a joke. It's a joke. I was I was watching. Uh, we went, uh, Amanda and I went shopping today for uh some stuff for the house and then we did mm. some food shopping and then we were actually just having a nice relaxing afternoon we were sitting on the couch and watching a few shows and then this happened tremendous <laughs> and she's she's not angry with me right i was enjoying my day and then <laughs> and then no, i no. come along I'm and ruin everything <laughs> no no no. <laughs> well, that's good. I, ho- I hope she's not upset with me. She is not. <laughs> I think I... she needed a break anyways. Oh, really? A break from that beautiful face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, usually when we come together and I do this podcast, I, I have a topic of discussion. And today's topic, I was kind of thinking about it back and forth. I was thinking about uh, courage and what it takes for somebody to actually get on stage or get to a place where it's comfortable for them to perform. You know, whether it be poetry, whether it be music, whether it, uh, you know, be public speaking, some kind of events like these things how did that actually come to fruition for you? Because, you know, I know you a long time and you've always had sort of a persona on stage to where I look at you and I say, you know, he's comfortable and he's ignoring the audience in a comfortable form as far as like you, you, you know that they're there, but also, you know, that what you have to do is, very important when it comes to your craft. And so when you get on stage, what's the mentality for you nowadays? You know, especially now with coming back from COVID, it's going to be very, very interesting. And we've discussed this before. It's going to be very interesting to see how things uh, sort of mold together. Is that going to be any different for you coming back after, you know, is it's going to be like a, a year and a half Something like that, right? Is that going to be correct? When's the last time you played with us? Um, yeah, no, we we played right up until the month before everything got shut down. The last right. time we played was with you at Starlight, at the Starlight in February. Right. Yeah. So your, your question is kind of twofold. What's my mentality going up there, and how do I feel like it's going to go when we get back up? Right. Um, well... But you're right. I do. I do have a a level of like I I ignore the audience because, like to me, that's survival for me. Because I don't I don't really want to be up there. (laughs) The only reason, 
like don't get me wrong i love playing our music and once you're up there and in the mess of it all right it's like it's a rush for sure but like walking out is like not my bag i don't like i don't want everyone to be looking at me you know and the only reason i kind of fell into this position is when we started playing music um i was the the songwriter i mean i still am for like 85 percent of our music right um and you know no one else is going to sing the song that i wrote so being in a three-piece band it's it's unique that in that way that a drummer is not gonna sing the song of the lead guitarist so it's kind of just by i was forced into that position and you know i've grown to like it a little bit like it's fun but it's definitely not i don't eat it up i don't love it um so that's my mentality of going out. It's more of this is what I have to do because once I know, once I'm up there I know that everyone's going to like George and Todd, you know, they're going to get the same rush that I do. Right. And we all we all love going out and playing our music, and, you know, at the end of the night it's it's a cool feeling. I do understand though because it's like when you're when you're the singer, you know, slash songwriter, it falls on you to sort of steer it into whatever direction that you're writing. You know, <laughs> for years and years, I wrote songs for Soda that never actually came out, and then we finally got our EP together, and, you know, the Streetlights EP was born. And then, you know, fast forward to now, it, it's it's like things that I write for myself. It's sort of a relief to kind of be behind the wheel on everything and not have to question or or think about, like, how, how am I going to do this by myself and how am I going to uh, make it my own or whatever. It is my music now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not thinking about having to write for to attribute to other people you know not that that was a burden because right. I loved it and I still love it but at the same time it's sort of it's sort don't of have to leave room for their flair yeah exactly you you have nobody to think about other than yourself even as selfish as that may seem it's easier to write when you're the only one that's the captain of the ship you know yep so yep. Yeah, you know, especially now for writing this this music for the documentary I got coming out. You know, I'm very happy to be able to write something to which is going to attribute to my story. You know, and I think about that for you guys too. Like, I hope someday that Cal gets to look at your story arc and see how you guys actually were able to form this band. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that he does get to tell the story one day because it really is. There are so many moving parts to who you guys are as a band, 100%. You know, mm. because you came from you came from the line of of like you had aspirations of, you know, building guitars at one point. You know, you had aspirations of like 
uh, having the band that you have now, you know, and it's all come to fruition. Todd himself had been in bands before. Georgie obviously had been in bands before. There's just so many mm-hmm. moving parts to who you guys are as a collective, you know, movement. Like how, especially now, I can't imagine how proud you are to have gone up and done the things that you have done because you should be, my friend. You guys have, you know, definitely just conquered and stood the test of time when it comes to continuing to play venues and just absolutely blowing the roof off of the building every (laughs) single time you guys perform. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like, it's just incredible to watch. Wow. Yeah, it's totally, I guess it's a different perspective from, you know, it's different for someone who's just coming to see the show and just as an observer, but from your point of view, you know, you play the majority of shows with us and you're yeah. a musician yourself, but that's, that means a lot coming from you. Um, Cause I don't, I totally don't see it that way. When I walk away, I'm thinking about what did I do wrong? <laughs> Not what did I do right? Exactly. You know, and so like those, say that, dog. unfortunately, unfortunately those things stick with you and when i when i look back on videos that people post or people send me of our shows i'm like oh that's the part where you know i screwed that little part up i wonder how many people remember it that way (laughs) but but i guess the majority of people are like oh that's cool you know they they blew the roof off which is funny bro because it's like I had those same feelings. You know, I, you know, for those who don't really know, ladies and gentlemen, I was an acoustic artist for a long part of my career. I went out and I did dates all by myself and I I didn't have anybody backing me up or whatever, but the only people that I did have in my corner were the bands that made me feel like I was a rock star. And, you know going out and having that admiration and having that confidence like the people who do come up to you and Dustin knows this better than most the people that come up to you and tell you how great you did is more of a uh, sort of push to top what you did before you know it's like we go up there and we do our things and sometimes we just eat a bag of potatoes it happens but those bag of potatoes (laughs) That, you know, fall on the floor will could could mean a huge deal to the audience member. They really, really take into consideration how much you prepared. And so, like Dustin said, as musicians and, you know, critiques, we do that to ourselves because, you know, musicians, in my mind, are the biggest critiques of all. We're constantly trying to top what we did before. So, I mean, I, I completely understand what you're talking about, brother, as far as that whole thing is concerned. Because I do, I do yeah. it myself. Yep. Did I stun you? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just check. I'm just trying to make sure you're okay. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I fell asleep. Sorry. Have you, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> Have you thought about, like... You know, because things, 
uh, by the way, um, just as a side point, I have an announcement at the end of this show, and I'm glad that Dustin's here to hear it. Um, so don't let me forget that. <laughs> but I'm pregnant too. Right. <laughs> pregnant, <laughs> and it was at L.A. Fredrickson. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's an inside joke. Um, uh, between only us? Right. <laughs> hopefully. I, feel like hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that to get out. Yeah. L.A. Fredrickson. So, uh, you know, when when you think about when this thing's going to be over, because, you know, as a newsflash, it will be. Have you thought about the things that you guys want to do as far as, you know, is it going to be the same as far as when you guys get up on stage, are you going to have that same sort of mentality? Or when you go back up on stage, is it going to be kind of strange to sort of return and have that sort of uh, thing in mind to where, you know, people still may be scared or this or that, you know, at, at this point I'm kind of rambling. But when you go up on stage and sort of you release yourself again, mm-hmm. is it going to feel much much more different than when it was before i've thought about it um i would like to say i hope at least i can only speak for myself um i would like to say that i think i would be more comfortable right um loosen up a little bit but i i can't say for sure i don't know i only know what i want to happen but you only know like when you bounce up on there and start you know um as you know we we haven't practiced in a while um right so i i don't really know what the what the feeling will be between us three not not in a negative way um you know i think all of us are still interested in playing. Um, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get back into playing some shows, but, um, and I think our, you know, our writing style will be much of the same, but, um, I don't know, just to tie into our, the previous few questions. I'm not a very vocal person on stage other than, doing vocals mm. um and that's that's part of the fact that like that's my i don't know what i'll say <laughs> i no, have to be safe and not say anything it's not far-fetched because it's like but that's that's why you know if i could interject is that that's why you and georgie are so good together you know, right. George is good at that for and, for those who don't understand the magnitude of you know how amazing these guys are on stage and their presence. So if I could start from the beginning, Georgie, who is now in Lost in Transit, he's the bass player, you know, slash like backup vocalist every once in a while. You know, when the chemistry between the three of us when Soda began was absolutely incomprehensible. You know, we, we just had something going. And to sort of see him branch off into other areas like 
you know, uh, feeling himself on stage. Like, it, you know, people don't understand. Georgie never wanted to be in a band again. Like, he was in a band, and he sort of got roped into this whole thing, you know? And now, mm-hmm. it, like, people just forced him to to just get back into what he really loved. And now, these days we talk, and he loves being on stage. He loves playing with you guys. And it's like, for me, it was never a question of, like, oh, my God, he's leaving Soda. That was never an issue. Because I knew that when he joined you guys, it was going to be a perfect fit. And how right I was because when you guys got on stage for the first time because I was there I happened Mm -hmm. to be there you know that's where that's the night I met you that's the night we met and and so to see it from the beginning and to watch you guys just from day one become such you know a, a comfortable unit Right then and there, I knew. I was like, this is going to be perfect for him, and this is the direction that he should go. And then, Mm. you know, his support of local music and local businesses and everything combined with, you know, the music that you're able to write for the band was just, it was a chemical reaction to where, you know, you guys would just get up on stage and the familiarity would be so obvious. It really, really yeah. was. For me, anyway. I can't speak for anyone, but for me as a fan and as somebody mm-hmm. who loves you both dearly, it was just so crazy to watch, like, holy cow, this is right. This is such a great fit for all of us, you know? Yeah. For me, anyway. I hope that I'm not speaking out of turn. And I, uh, no. If I am, I, I feel, apologize. I feel the same way, and I've, <laughs> I'm super happy that that he agreed to it and stuck with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause his ability is like undeniable. Beyond, yeah. It's beyond what I ever imagined it would be. Cause he's like, he has like the science to it that I don't have. And like, I, I feel, I feel like I'm the privileged one. Mm. To have him come play with us. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I I can't lie to you guys. I was, it was probably 2000. <sighs> Let's envision this for a second. Probably 2016, 15, you know. The band that I had put together from age seventeen had broken up, you know, mm-hmm. and things uh, things were changing. I didn't know how to deal with that. I'm I'm an only child. I don't know how to deal with things as far as like big big families go. You know, uh, I had just lost you know a, a few good things that were going on in life, and then eventually soda the the me, Corey, and George had dis- had decided to part ways. <clears throat> so, for me, it wasn't as happy as a time, but through all of that, I learned one of the biggest lessons in life. Just because somebody 
parts ways with you and decides to take on other projects doesn't mean they still doesn't mean they don't care about you. It means that things are just expanding. And so it was nice for me because I got to see my friends who I love dearly still continue to do what they wanted to do. Corey had branched off and started CRC Guitars, which I knew he wanted to do. Georgie Mm -hmm. had got to be in one of the greatest bands in the Wilbraham Palmer area and like uh, just, you know, completely embrace the experience and he was happy. And I myself got to start and continue the band that I wanted to continue. So, I mean, uh, above all the trash that's been going on lately, you know, with COVID amongst, amongst other things, you know, it's great to see these guys continue to do their great work. You know, Corey, who's making phenomenal guitars, Dustin, who's writing amazing music, Todd with Rustic Brewing Company, and, you know, Georgie with just being a backbone to the band. It's great to see everybody just sort of rolling, you know? I'm and yeah. I'm privileged to be a part of that. And now our family has just expanded. So I learned that lesson really early on when being a part of a band again was a big deal you know yeah uh, i hope i'm i haven't monopolized the conversation <laughs> no 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 that's a good parallel oh, cool. dang it stupid thingies Ugh. hey have you ever had things on your computer you said come something on? What? Have you ever had things on your computer come up like viruses and you know? <laughs> you know where viruses come from? Corona. <laughs> we'll go with that. Oh gosh, we have to talk after the podcast. <laughs> Is that what you want to say? Is that the the announcement? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my goodness! But um. Yeah, man, it, it's, I mean, what what a whirlwind few years it's been, really, with all yeah. of us. You know, you think back and you go, holy cow, our first show together was whatever amount of time, and then till now, it seems like an eternity. Like, it's, Todd and I will have these conversations to where, you know, he'll say it seems very very odd when we're not opening up for each other you know because we had just developed that sort of gang like mentality you know somebody comes along and you want them to be a part of what it is that you're doing yeah and he was very good about that and mentioning it every time that we hooked up you know and did a show together whether it was in Southbridge or, you know, mm-hmm. in, in Palmer or whatever it may be. It's just Northampton. New Hampshire, Northampton, New Hampshire. You know, it's like the list goes on and on, but we still maintain that sort of brotherly love. We still, we all <laughs> still look up to you guys, you know, as our big brothers. It, it's, it's just crazy to think that this amount of time has gone past. Yeah. No, I know. It, I think it, I can't remember what year it was that first show that we played. Two thousand. Two thousand sixteen. Maybe two thousand sixteen. The one in Munson. 
The one in Munson. Yeah, in the dump hole. Wait, okay. So here's what I'm going to do. Keep talking. Okay. While you're talking, I'm going to find it. Because here's the good thing about me, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, the banner is, I think we posted the banner on our page. I'll 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 tell you exactly when it happened. But keep talking while I'm trying to look for it because okay. I remember exactly what the the banner looked like. It was uh, and I remember we posted it all over like Northampton and um it was it was good. Th- this is but that you you said the banner. Oh yeah, we actually remember when we played at Iron Duke too. Yeah, right, 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 right. Oh, uh, here's the banner. It was um, 2016, April 8th, 2016. Holy cow! Yeah, five dollars. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's right. We're lucky if we make that today. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because oh, remember we did two sets because we we did it around uh like talent night, open mic night. Open mic. We night, started. That's right. We did a set and then they did the open mic and then we closed out on the back side of the open mic. Right, 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 right. Because it's like I remember everybody was there with the talent. Like somebody was able to play the piano and then the harp and <laughs> right, know, the harp. Everything. And. uh what was interesting about that night was, you know, Soda had never performed live. And so that night I asked Dustin, he was very gracious. I said, do you mind if I borrow these instruments? And, you know, me and Georgie and Corey could play some songs. And they were, him and Corey, or uh, Todd, rather, were like, yeah, of course, no problem. Yeah. And we got up there and we played for the first time live that night. Now, this was not the first time I played live with George. And by the way... <laughs> I got to tell this story really quick because I know that Dustin has not heard about this before. So I graduate high school in 2014. Okay. And Mm -hmm. you know, I, I want to have a party, but I don't want to have a party. I'm not in sort of that thing where I want people to make a fuss over me or whatever it is. But, you know, my mother puts on this show or whatever, and I said, okay, look, I'm only going to do this party if I can play for everybody. If I can play for everybody. So she agrees, you know, whatever. We rent out this town hall in Richmond, okay? We rent out this town hall, and I set this show up at my own graduation party. You know, and there's a few different people there. Like, I'm there, uh, Mark Olson, you know, uh, George, obviously, Brandon and Anna, all these guys. There was a whole group of us that got together to play this show. Mm -hmm. We play the show, you know, everything goes actually amazing. Everybody does a fantastic job. We We all play great. You know, whatever. Years later... I'm talking to George, whatever, uh, and we meet at the hangar, and we're chit-chatting, and we're talking about bands and live music and, and what have you, and he, the graduation party comes up, and he says to me, he goes, that's the first time I've ever played live in front of anybody. <laughs> 
I played George's first live show with him ever. Yeah. And I, I played, George played my first live show with me. <laughs> did he? Oh, you really? Munson, Munson was my first, well, I, don't, I guess it wasn't my very first. Was we, it with a band? Played. Like, was it your first with a band? Well, we played at somebody in somebody's basement at some pizza party like a few weeks before mm-hmm. that Munson show. But yeah. that the Munson show was like our first live public show that wow. was open to the public. Wow, that goes back. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, so anyway, just to, just to wrap this thing up, uh, I had a Zoom party on Friday night, you know, with uh, a few amount of people, and we were going through our Twitters and seeing what we had uh, tweeted, like, back in the day or whatever, and I'm, I'm looking through, and I'm looking through, and it, it comes to this one tweet, and I'm going to read it all for you live right now in front of my, my boy. Oh, boy. 8-20-14. Just a little bit after I graduated. It says, if anyone has any footage from the grad party, hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I read that tweet and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, man alive, there's, how crazy is it that we all work together that for that one night in front of all these people and Georgie had never played live before. And this is where we are today. Like how, yeah. you know what, Dusty, nobody penned us to be here, bro. Nobody penned us to be playing these shows and doing all these things. And it, it's, it's oh. just been an incredible ride, my friend. I'm telling you. Yeah. It's been pretty interesting. You know, fairly easy to keep it together, but to accomplish it is another thing. It really is. Now, Okay, so let me ask you this. <clears throat> you know, I think everybody in their career or in their, you know, whatever it is that they're doing, whether it's their comedy career or their poetry career or whatever, it's like, did you ever have that one moment in life where it didn't have to necessarily be in a band, but did you ever have that moment in life where you're like, oh my goodness? I made it. Like you had that sort of self-success aha moment like wow I'm a good musician. Because I think it's hard for musicians to have that. You know and I didn't find it out until years and years ago but do you have that sort of moment where you look at at the audience you just have that one connection and you're like wow this is what I was meant to do and there was no question. Well I wouldn't say this is what I've meant to do, but I, I have had moments where, you know, standing up there, um, I feel like, wow, never thought I would have been here. You know, just thinking back of what, from when I started playing music and the years of playing different styles of music. And then once we formed the band, it turned into yet different music, which is, I feel like, you know, we found our niche of what we like and 
you know, we bring our own energy to it. But definitely, yeah, there's times when I, I say, I never would have imagined doing this. So, but I don't know if I'm meant to do it. <laughs> I think. Well, I mean, I, I guess I, I guess I worded it incorrectly. Um, yeah, I, I think I, th- I know what you're getting at. Oh. I th- it's it's more of like looking out and seeing that you have, and that's sort of the message of this podcast. I think is sort of conquering your fears of like, you know, I was meant to defy the odds of my own success. You know, I, I need to get past the person. You know, like for example, I told the story on the podcast a thousand times. <clears throat> or not a thousand times. I'm probably like twice or something, but just to reiterate. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I got up on stage I'm going to say June. It had to be right around June. I was almost getting out at that point. It had to be June of 2007. Yeah. So, you know, 14 and a half, 15 years ago, I got up on stage and I just bombed. You know, it, it, it's it, it's like you have a completely open ship on Battleship and somebody can see through your board and be like, Haha, you're not going to sink my Battleship because you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was just terrible. Like everything had become such refuse. <laughs> and I felt like the worst <laughs> person on earth. But then, you know, things had happened. I had started progressing and writing more and doing all this stuff. Fast forward to this point in time. I go yeah. to this uh festival and I was not invited to be there. I got there and there was this chick that I had the hots for. There was no question about it. It mm-hmm. was uh, the right time to go. <laughs> so I had I had gone to sort of uh make an acquaintance again and, and un unbelievably there was so many people there that I knew at yeah. this one festival. And so the person who had, I had wanted to see was there and him and his partner were doing a duo and they had that, that has been their act for years and years. So I was there, but then he comes up to me a little bit before they go on and he says, do you want to play a song? Do you want to perform? I says, I'm not, Brendan, I can't take your spot. I can't do that. He goes, no, 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 just get yourself ready. I want you to come up and play a song. Mm -hmm. And so I'm scared out of my mind. I'm like, this is not going to be good. But then what happens is is this chick that I had the odds for, she leaves. She leaves the venue because her curfew was up. You know, we're talking, I'm I'm probably 16, 17, yeah. the, right around the time that the band had started. This chick had a curfew, so she had to leave. My confidence yeah. skyrocketed at that point. I was like, I don't have to impress anybody. I can just do what I want to do and get this thing over with, whatever it is. Yeah. It gets to the point where I'm about to go up on stage. Now, mind you, my friend Brandon was not allowed to bring me up on stage. I was not supposed to perform at this one place, but I go up anyway. And I go up, 
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm no five beta kappa or valedictorian or whatever you want to call it. But at this point in life, I felt like I was the king of England. I got up there and I had one song to play. And I played Sound of Silence as an acoustic solo act. And I completely leveled that room. Wow. Completely leveled it. No rehearsal, no nothing. Just by the hair of the dog was I able to go up there and be like, okay, this is exactly what I need to do. And from that point, you know, I never looked back, especially, you know, being able to be a part of your guys' shows and stuff like that. It, it was just, at that point, I knew I never wanted to stop playing music. Yep. Never. And, you know, I hear, you know, you tell stories about you and your grandfather, which, you know, I'm hoping you tell one today. <laughs> I'm, And I actually got to see him perform. I got the privilege of seeing him perform at one of our first shows together. So it, it, it was it was nice to sort of see where that whole art came from. Now, you, when you guys, did you learn how to play guitar from your grandfather or was it mostly your father? Um, my dad doesn't play any instruments. Oh, uh, my my grandfather was more just my inspiration. Um, nobody taught me to play anything. I taught myself everything that I know, at least on guitar. So right. that explains why I play the way I play. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I completely ruined that story. I'm quitting. This is my last podcast of all time. <laughs> well, you were partially right. My grandfather was my inspiration. Well, that but yeah. He's, he's a finger picker, and I'm not into that. I like to listen to it, but not play it. You know what's crazy, bro, is that I saw James Taylor live. Okay, I was on my first concerts. He yeah. He played... For like three hours, Dusty, with no pick. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. That's Th crazy. My fingers would be on fire. Yeah. On fire. But uh, anyway, kind of to, uh, to switch the thing from music. So, you know, I, I think one thing that we have in common amongst a lot of others in our circle is we all like to try new IPAs. Mm-hmm. Um, have you, when you go to buy a certain beer, because I, I just had founders on my show. I don't know if you got the chance to hear them, but uh, it was interesting to see what attracted them to the sort of IPA lifestyle. Now, when you drink an IPA, what exactly do you go for? Um, I like... More like a, a floral, fruity, that end of the spectrum. Like a citrus kind of thing? Yeah. Gotcha. I like citrusy, like more more fruit forward. Cool. That's what I go for. Mm, well, I'm just not, not, not super heavy, but also not, I don't like a, a very light one either. Right, right. No, I got you. I like, I like a lot of rustic. 
And um, I don't know. I haven't had Treehouse in a while. I recently got some. But it's not like I remember. I haven't had Treehouse in a long time. Long time. Yeah, because I yeah. remember because Georgie lives right near there. So like when in the time of the band, he would just bring a lot of Treehouse over. Yeah, I Corey's talked about that in past podcasts, but yeah, the, I think my first introduction to IPAs was the band. You know, I was young, and you know, I would just they that's all they would drink was IPAs around the practices. You know, yep. and, and I would have like monsters and energy drinks and all types of bad stuff for your heart. <laughs> so. <laughs> And so, you know, when they would bring Treehouse over, Georgie anyway, I would taste a little bit, and that's kind of how I got into drinking the IPAs, which is interesting. You know, and then Corey eventually taught me how to pour it and, you know, all this other stuff. It was just, yeah. uh, it was a very different time. Very, very, very different time back then. But, um, yeah, it's so funny how, like, it seems like every time the bands would get together, and hang out and do shows and like you know have practices and whatnot, have what have you. It's like we would always try different new IPAs. Yeah, <laughs> always. Yeah, that's that's actually where I got into it when we when we first started playing. I, I wasn't drinking IPAs when we were when we started playing as a band, but um, Todd is actually the one who introduced me to some of the different ones and you know, kind of steered me into try this one, try that one. You might like it. Mm. And that's where it all went downhill. (laughs) (laughs) Happy thought. Yeah. Oops. Anyway. Well, that's interesting. Nice job, Todd. You've turned all of us into alcoholics. (laughs) It's all your fault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He did, and he continues. He continues to help. Hey, you know, that's what happens, bro. When you find your niche, you just gotta go with it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. If you're good at ruining people's lives, just continue <laughs> to do it. <laughs> I, I can't wait till he hears this. So he doesn't listen to this cockamamie show. <laughs> He's, he's sitting there going, oh, I think the science of the surface gravity of viscosity, bleep, bleep, bleep. You don't have time to listen to this show. <laughs> the viscosity of the beer is not correct. So, okay, so let me ask you a question. We were thinking about this the other day. Like, it came up, I was on Cal's podcast with Corey, and Corey had brought up this point of it's kind of sad to see bands that are th- a three piece like punk band like in their 40s you know just trying to prove something you mm-hmm. know is there a limit in your mind you know because I have an answer to this question as well like but is there a limit in your mind to where you want to say to yourself I shouldn't be doing this anymore or do you not think about that at all and just live in the moment as far as the band? Yeah, because, you know, it's, I think it's more difficult for me because I'm not, I'm not 30 or, you know, close to 30 yet. So it's like, I'm still, for me personally, I'm still living in the moment. You know, there, 
I have aspirations of like, I want to start another band and I want to do this and I want to do that again, you know, but I feel like if you get older and things start to happen for you, like you have a family, you have a wife, you have a dog, you know, you got all these types of things going for you. It At some point, do you think to yourself, I should just move on with my life? Like, does that ever occur to you? Um, yes, I have those thoughts of, you know, am I going to do this forever? Um, you know, where, how far are we going to take this? Are we going to, yeah. you know, are we going to be, are we going to try and keep it balanced for, for how long? Yeah. You know, cause at some point, you know, I think about what, what if George gets married at some point, you know, <laughs> is, is that going <laughs> to, I'm sorry, that's so funny. Is that, is that a joke? <laughs> I feel like he might kill you. When he <laughs> no, that's, it's just a thought of, you know, where is George's life going? Where is Todd's life going? Right. Where is my life going? Right. So, yeah, naturally you think of what's the first thing to go if, if I need more time or if I, I just, if I can't balance everything. Right. right. You know, unfortunately, that may be one of the first things to go. Maybe not the very first thing, but it is, um, just to be truthful, it is a, it, it takes time. Um, it's, it takes, like, you got to focus on it if you're going to write new music and you got to go practice that new music and you got to, book right. shows and you got to go play the shows and you know all of that takes a chunk out of your life where you know it's not the most important thing in your life it's it's just it's one of those things that is um it's fun because you can do it right but you have to face the fact that at some point maybe that's not something that you can continue to do just because you have the ability to do it doesn't mean you have to you have to do it so yes i think about it and, and that's and that's as far as like that's as far as like age goes right like you know there's there's just the the realization well, the realization that like it, it, everything can change yeah I mean, Todd's like 95, but he still <laughs> plays. So it may not be an age thing. Sorry, Todd. It may be, right the bus, buddy. It, it, it may be more of like a circumstantial thing. Right. Of, right. You know, at this time in my life, I need to give more attention to this. So I need to cut back on that. Right. Uh, or, you know, maybe something miraculously frees up some time which that never happens. True. Um, and then you might be able to give it more time, but I think naturally as humans, we just, we would fill that with something additional. Right. Not give more of time to something you're already doing. You would fill that with another. Which is crazy because it's, it's like, you know, when I, when I first met Corey, he was 25, 26. And 
even he'll talk about, I can't believe that I was doing that at that certain point in time. And I was just like, Mm -hmm. I couldn't really believe it either. But at that point in time, it was like, it wasn't a question of whether he was able to do it. He just wanted to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it it becomes a question of like, what are you willing to put in front of you? Like, do you care about this certain hobby? Do you care about that certain hobby? And so, you know, it's like, I do think about Todd often though, because of the things that you're talking about right now. It's like, it's crazy that after all these years, he still has an interest in being part of such a big group, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, Todd, uh, Todd, as much as he would probably tell you, he's not a social person. <laughs> he is. He butterfly. Yeah. Right. He likes to be around his people, the people that he chooses to be with. The, the shuffleboard team. Like, yeah. <laughs> the shuffleboard team. No. <laughs> the pickleball team. I know you can laugh. Go ahead. Just laugh. I know you want to. The pickleball team. Pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> the Bosley Relief League. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, he, I'm playing, Todd. He's in a, a flute band on the side. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, he um he's a good guy. <laughs> I forgot what we were saying. Is that it? Is that all you gotta say? <laughs> yeah. I just remember it was about Todd. No, he it's funny, like you know, you've told me stories about him and what it's like to be in a band with him and friends and whatever. It's just like, I remember when I first met him, I was like, I really do not like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was, like, he, he was going to, he's going to love that. you said that. <laughs> he's going to say that's but, perfect. But what happened that's was exactly how I want to come off. But what happened was, was this, it was just like, I, at that point, you know, I was willing to try to understand and be like, okay, this is, I got to just get with this. You know, we'll see what happens. And before you know it, you know, he's completely won his way into all of our hearts. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, he's just, yeah. he's the man. You know that he's so pure and will never hold any punches. And that's why everybody loves him, in my opinion. You know, he's just, he's just a real person and he does care even if it's subtle. So to have conversations with him now, I'm just like, I love this guy so much. I love him so much. He's he's super flexible. Right. He's yielding. He's easy to deal with. He's added a lot of, dude, uh, he really added some flavor to all of us for all these years. Yeah. (laughs) It's just incredible. Yeah. He's consistent. Like he's. He, he doesn't have, I mean, maybe, maybe in himself he has ups and downs, but, right. but he doesn't dump those on other people. You know, if he's having a bad day, he, he has his bad day by himself and always gives his best to the people right. that are around him. He's never, you know, as far as our situation goes. Right. He's never burdened with anybody with what's going on in his world, you know? Yeah. And that that's, but he learned that through being a true professional when it comes to being in other bands. It's like, 
you know, especially with his situation with, you know, certain bands that, you know, don't need to be spoken about. He's learned how to gather himself and sort of uh, conduct himself in a very mature and responsible way. It's like, forget anything bad that ever happened to you. What happens now is for now and not any other time. You know, yeah, it's like he gives his best to to each situation that oh, he's in absolutely. in the moment. Absolutely, he he, you know, he's so intuitive when it comes to not bringing up these situations because it just doesn't need to be brought up. He just mm-hmm. continues and looks straightforward, even when yeah. he plays shows. It's like that one thing is just on his mind here and now. That sort of thing. Yeah. He just knows what's in front of him and he focuses on that. Yep. As far as I'm concerned, I could be completely wrong. No, you're you're right. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Do you? Do you? Don't lie to me. Listen. At least about that. No, you hate me. <laughs> you just won't admit it. You don't know that. <laughs> you don't know that for sure. I don't know anything. I'm just a kid from You have the no proof. Park. You have no proof. So, you know, for th- for those who don't understand, Dustin, who has made a way for himself and made a way for his band, uh, how did you actually first start picking up playing the guitar, for those who don't really know? Because, you know, obviously I know the, the story, but for those who don't mm-hmm. get the story and don't know you but have seen you, maybe they want a little background of what exactly happened. Well, as we mentioned earlier... Um... My grandfather, he's played guitar for many years. And so when I was, you know, when I was younger, I would pick up his guitars and strum them. But um, when I was about 14 or so, my my older sister, she started playing guitar and she got guitar lessons, which made me feel like, hey, you know, I want to play guitar too. So when I was about 15, um, I, one of my sister's friends in school, he he was selling a, a Yamaha Strat-style guitar and a small Gorilla amp. Or no, 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 it was, a, it was a small Yamaha amp. It was a matching set. So I bought that for $50, a guitar and an amp. And that was like big money. You bought wait, you, know? you bought your guitar for fifty bucks and your amp for fifty bucks. Well, I bought both of them for fifty bucks. That's crazy. Yeah, the set fifty bucks. He probably just wanted drug money. I got I so, got my first amp and my first guitar for like hundred and fifty bucks, so right around that same price. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I started like I would look up tablature on the dial-up internet. And, you know, I'd print it out and I'd, I'd be down in my basement bedroom learning Metallica songs, uh, some typo negative, um, Led Zeppelin, just, you know, all, all that stuff. The classics. And just, yeah, just over the years, you know, you learn mobility of your fingers by playing other people's songs and you know, then you could just kind of like form stuff of your own. Um, and 
over time, it just comes together. And I never had any lessons or anything. It just, it's all, it definitely, I will say being in the band setting has changed the way that I'm teaching myself because I'm still teaching myself different methods, different um, playing styles. They might not be normal, like for other people who actually got lessons and actually know scales and stuff like that. I still don't know. I don't know scales or anything. I just play what I write. Right. Um, so it's definitely not the same as other people might play, but it's just the way I play. Which is true because it's, you know, it's funny you say that because I never learned any scales myself and I had to learn from listening and from the experience. You know, so many people and kids go to college thinking that they're going to gain experience when in reality, you're only learning about other people's experiences. You know, yeah. you're not having any of your own. So it's like, I prefer the way that you and I had learned, which was kind of developing a style and a way that you play. Because there's no question about it, brother. Is like, when you get up on stage, people know the way that you play. They see you and they're like, okay, this is exactly how he Dusty gets down. So, oh yeah, like a new song when we come out with a new song. Exactly, exactly. Like it, it's just you, but you really have, man. Is like you've developed that cornerstone of like everyone looks at you and knows exactly what's going to come out of the band. It's just gonna be that crunchy kick down your door, you know, tell somebody that you're their surprise brother-in-law. You know, <laughs> it's just some type of attitude. It's just like, all right, look out. You know what I'm saying? It's just like things. Oh things, yeah. It's just it's such a treat for me anyway to see you mm. guys come out with that same sort of mad flavor and you know uh, attitude of your songs. It's really great. Yeah, yeah. I, I I noticed that. You know, every time we kind of build a new song together, I after the fact I'm like, oh, here's this is another like. Here's another song that sounds like a bad attitude. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's like like clockwork. Every one of them comes out like uh, it just sounds like, you know, you're pissed off at something. something. And I'm going to tell you about it. Right. And, right. Uh, you know, I guess I guess that's just where my it's, it's where my juice comes from. I'm pissed off about something and I'm going to tell you about it because it's rare that I, I write about something that I'm happy about. I mean, I think a lot of musicians, that's where, that's where their inspiration comes from. Their it's motivation a struggle. It, you is. Know, it, it's, it's a struggle and, and, you know, to, to try to explain it and fight to have that motivation. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. so, you know, kind of as a as a wrapping up story. There's, you know, my favorite song of all time. By you guys has to be Revelations. So you yeah. know when you, when you first started to pull that song together. Talk to me about, you know, what you were actually feeling when you put that, 
to fruition. Because when I first heard that song, and I had the privilege of hearing it live for the first time, was, you know, this is exactly, it's a triumph song in my mind. To see you guys topple over all these other songs that you've written and Mm. really make something and fight and fight and fight to keep making it fresh. It's... It's really unbelievable to see you guys do something like that. And Revelations was really just the biggest one. It, It was just... It was a kamikaze over all the work that you guys have done. Like, you have reached the top and have continued to try to you know, go further and further along. When you were writing that song, was that kind of your mentality? Like, this is going to be the next best thing for our group? Is this going to be the next best song that we got? Totally not. But all of us in the band, me, Todd, George, we all know that for as simple as that song is, um, it we know that it surpassed all others. I mean, I, I think I can, I think I can comfortably say that for both of them, because right. Right. that that is one of the more powerful songs that we know that when we start that song, I think we all have the same feeling, mm-hmm. like we're we're gonna freaking kill this this is like the funnest song to play because just all the the drops in it and it's just it's an emotional song it is i, I think oh, just the absolutely. just the music the musical part of it is emotional but there's there's very i, I think only todd and george really know like what the song is about like the the lyrical emotional side of it is different than and, and I think they they reflect well upon each other you know what the song is about the, the music to it and just the way it's presented when we play it really brings out the full the full meaning of it but an interesting fact about that song the lyrics to the song I wrote them long before I even like met Todd. I mean, I've known George for over 20 years now. Right. Right. But I wrote them when I was like early twenties, even like, yeah, maybe like 19 or 20, you know, 15 years ago. I had no idea. I wrote them. I never knew that. Wow. And they were in an old, old notebook of mine that I kept in a folder of all my lame songs that I've wrote, written <laughs> throughout the years. And like I, every now and then I, I go back to them and I oh, just wow. look at the lyrics. Yeah. And just this time around, I was looking at these and I was like, maybe I can somehow make this fit into this thing that I was working on. Right. And we really, 
The music side of Revelations, we simplified that just so it would be a little bit more powerful. Mm. You know, just the, the pounding of do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. It just, I think it, I don't know. I think listening to it, you, you can you can understand that when something is simple, it's more powerful. Right. Exactly. But when it when you have so so many technical parts of something, it, it just like keeps your brain so busy that you forget that there's actually something behind this. There's feeling behind this. So exactly. that's that. Yeah. But you'll have to you'll have to come out and listen to the song next time they play it. A hundred percent. There, there are, there are actually a few changes that we've made to it. Holy, back up! <laughs> what? They're not huge changes. They're just, um, they're Subtle. just like, yeah, yeah. They're not structural changes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's. Like, you know, as I said previously, hearing that song for the first time and knowing these guys for a good amount of time, is it's like to see them play a song like this and completely blow the doors off the building and really, you know, surprise the audience that has heard them in the past time and time again, it's... Hearing that song one time was like watching you guys take the next step into who you are as a band and as a message. It really, really was something spectacular for me as a fan and as a buddy. It was like, wow, this is what's going to happen next. This is exactly the message they're trying to convey, and they did it. To perfection. Yep. To perfection. You know, and uh, I hope I didn't go too deep for you all. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, um, yes, so. Hey, what was that blue drink you were having? Well, I can't reveal it to you at this moment. It, it rhymes oh. with It rhymes with peach. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Bleach. <laughs> Bleach. It's my new cocktail, Bleach on the Rocks. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> At least you'll, your breath will be nice. So, as an announcement, here we go. I'm glad. Oh that, boy. I'm glad Dusty's here for this. Uh, I have a certain project that is going to be happening alongside of the. Um, documentary that's going to be happening August 5th 2021 I will be performing at a luncheon cafe in Peterborough I don't have the exact name of it for you yet because it's not finished but it's a brand new thing that's happening August 5th I am announcing a summer date yes in Peterborough New Hampshire so look for updates for that it's a solo act as of this point in time um, but I'm hoping to get my friends involved, including Mr. Smith here. But, uh, yes, I'm very, very, very excited to finally be coming back to the stage. 
even if it is just me, I'm going to discover more things about myself and uh, discover more <laughs> things about my writing and, you know, all that happy crap that you don't really care about. You could just turn around and look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look in the mirror and turn around. I mean, I tried that, but then it just cracked. <laughs> like Harlem. <laughs> like when Hulk landed on uh, Thor. <laughs> Oh, I want to thank my uh, my guest, Mr. Dustin Smith, for coming on the show yet again. Um, always a pleasure to see you, brother. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad you were here for the announcement. Yeah, I will be there. And much August love to 5th. you too. Also, you know, for for the band. Uh, hope I can't wait till we're all back together again. Um, oh, me neither. And uh, for those who don't know, uh, Lost in Transit is on Bandcamp right now. So if you ever want to go check out that music, bandcamp.com slash Lost in Transit. Is that is that accurate, Dusty? Lost in Transit Band. Lost in Transit Band. Okay. So yeah. go check them out. Go check out uh, uh, their Instagram page. And uh, other than that, stay tuned and stay wild and stay fresh. Stay cool. Be good. Be careful. Uh, I love you guys. I want to announce the countries that are listening, so stay tuned for the intro message because we have a couple new countries. Anyway. All right, guys. Stay tuned, and uh, we are clear. Thank you.